Oh, I have a headache. Maybe it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. The Sean Geek Podcast, which you download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca? That's right. And you should too. Don't cop out. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast with me, Sean Geek. We gave Todd the night off, but today we are going to interview Alf Catalico. Did I pronounce that right, sir? Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> technically, that's how I say it. it's technically Catolico. Catolico. Oh, cool. Okay. Spanish for Catholic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh alf or as yes. i remember you being called in the scene at the time because people would talk about you in the scene they used to call you alfie is that is yeah that, everyone yeah that's just kind of kind of the nickname so yeah. you used to be in a band called volume you were in bands before i don't have your resume in front of us hopefully you can kind of get into that so uh, a couple of years ago, we had Lee Filbert on the show. We talked about volume at great length. Um, and I kind of want this to kind of be like a, a companion episode to that one to, to kind of see how you get into the band, what happened, like kind of the, the rise of the band and kind of where it went. So what was your introductions to the Winnipeg music scene? How did you get involved? How did I, you want me to start from the, yeah, man. How I got into music? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I went to high school at uh, Sisler High School. Okay. I started playing when I was 13, 12, 13, guitar. Uh, I think our first band was in grade six. Holy shit. And uh, yeah, so, you know, there was, it's Winnipeg, everybody, uh, it was either hockey or music and, you know some for some of us both but um so yeah so at a band probably a couple of bands in high school and then uh there was a teacher from my high school named pj burton from the chocolate bunnies from hell <laughs> okay. okay now i'm now i'm making some connections here all right yeah. so he heard about me and he asked me to try out for his band chocolate bunnies from hell what yeah so you tried out for the chocolate bunnies well i was in the bunnies well i played i tried out and i was in so holy shit then, i had no so idea it was right out of high school i didn't even finish high school it was just out of high school onto the on on the road traveling canada western canada oh. mostly so i was 18 just eight, barely 18 so I did that for a few years. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's take, let's pause here for a sec. So what was... Your... There's a lot of six degrees here, so keep that in mind, the yeah. bunnies. So what was this like being 18 years old and all of a sudden, yeah, we're going on a tour. Like, was your mind blown? Were you like, holy shit, like, this is happening? Like, what was... Uh, your... It was kind of, but I was also like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. So I, <laughs> I just happened to do it sooner than most kids. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, playing in this like goth punk rock 
whatever they were. It was, yeah, it was darkish. You know, very unique band. There, there's yeah. never been a band like them yeah. before. Like, very. I kind of fit in. I fit in. So, because uh, I, you know, long ass caveman hair already, and uh, yeah, so off we went. And uh, so PJ was a singer, and the other main character that ties into the volume thing was Bob Phillip. Right. played keys. Yes. Right. So, and then uh, did that for a few years, started, and then quit it, quit that band, started a band called Dirt Beak. Dirt Beak, yeah. Yeah. And Scott, it was one of my, you know, one of the big ones in my life, and uh, did all I that. Did, I think we played in the Philippines. I, I think that's the first time I saw you because I did see Dirt Beak play a few times. And I, okay, I, that, I just don't think I made that connection in my, in my head. Cause I, I was yeah. during that period, I was just watching anybody in every band I could see. I was just, just absorb, you know, and, and learn from myself. Yeah. So, sorry. And then you played in the Philippines. We played out there for a couple of months. Cause our, our manager was, was my, also my uncle. And he had this crazy idea. Let's go play out there. We're like, okay. <laughs> so we did. And it was nuts. And it was just, I mean, the bunnies alone, I could, we can go on for days. The derpy thing alone, days and days. That tour, another few days, you know, and then, so we're trying to make it brief here, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, did that for a few years. And then uh, there was a little bit of, like, uh, yeah, downtime, I guess. I would kind of. I started another band called, it was originally Wookiee, uh, originally Buttermilk 5, but we changed it to Wookiee Papa, <laughs> just to be completely different, because we were very different. It was very fusion-y, it was very, like, anti-pop, just, just, yeah. what could we, what's, how many songs did we make that isn't in 4-4 type of shit, and it was like, you know, it was very jazzy, it was frantic, it was awesome, Dif- very different. Different. And that was with, Joe Fiola and uh, Chris Harder, wonderful boys. And then after that, a little bit of, you know, downtime playing, trying to, you know, figure things out and try different things. And then I ended up, uh, well, I went on tour actually as a drummer for, uh, with Transistor Sound Lightning. Oh, okay. uh, With Jay and Dino. Yeah, yeah. Did a couple tours with them, like with Swear Driver and uh, Hayden and Trouble Charger, all those kind of bands. Hayden, like Hayden, is it Dress? Hayden Desser, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, the, the kind of slow acoustic guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen that guy a number of times. I own, yeah. I think I have his entire discography behind Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah, so that was awesome. He's That was fun that was for sure fun so that was a little bit of more toiling around with different things and i also play like falling into like the next thing every time like was it was this you was this you kind of working the circuit trying to trying to get into the next thing or was this just kind of in your lap a bit no everything i kind of willed it i kind of willed everything to happen it's kind of funny the derpy thing was just because the bass player was playing bass in the bunnies 
Yep. And we were getting tired of that. So we're like, hey, let's just make our own shit. And that was a whole dramatic thing. It didn't end well with that, the other thing, the other guys. And then the Derpy thing, it just kind of fizzled. You know, it just got a little tired. There's a lot of stuff involved there that I don't want to get into. But um, yeah, but, and then I also like, just like doing different things. I, I like, what's the word? Like challenging myself. It's just the way I do it. I just like when I want to do something, I just do it. I yeah. go, I want to go play drums with you guys, Jay, like for that transistor. He's yeah. like, okay. And that was it. I, just, I want to do that. Let's go. Were you playing drums before or was it just like, okay, I'm yeah. on the, on the go. No, uh, with, with Dirt Beak, we all kind of had this thing where we, switched instruments a lot and sang and that's kind of where it started but i always yeah, played right, yeah. as a guitar player i always listen to drums the drummer mostly than the actual guitar players so that's where that came it was always a part of me but <clears throat> the transistor thing was definitely one of the main jumps to an actual drum gig so did that for a bit and then a whole bunch of other little little tiny things like guest guitaring on some bands or whatever. And then, then I got a, then I got a gig playing drums with a, the Rowdy Men, uh rockabilly oh. band. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Sigmundson and Zap and Rob Patchell. That was one of my favorite gigs ever. Like well, that would have been fun. That would have been a blast. Super fun, man. Touring the country playing rockabilly was crazy. <laughs> So uh, then, I'm trying to so I'm trying to fi figure out the timeline here. When about was that then? The okay, men would have been the rowdy men. That would have been like early 2000s, like one 2001, 2002 ish. Okay, and yeah. then volume okay. happened, and then volume okay. happened. Yeah, yeah, because volume was 2002, I think somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, well, when I joined, it was about 2002, three. Okay, kind of fuzzy, but yeah. So that was obviously the connection there was Bob. Yes, the connection there is Bob. He's the one. Well, he and Lee, actually, because I've known Lee from the Artificial Joy days, you know. Yep, yep. Rest in peace, Ash. Um, and we always, uh, we actually, Lee and I tried, to, tried getting some shit together with, with a couple of other people. It just never panned out. It was just too, you know two ships sailing in the night sometimes but um so they i can't remember if it was bob or lee that called me one of them called me because uh the dr the drummer um whose name is this chris yeah chris emery yeah chris emery like was he i, I kind of got the impression he was a kind of the it, it was it was kind of his idea a little bit i don't know if that's how accurate that <clears> is, but Volume started with uh, Emery um, and some of the guys that he played with in Meat Rack. Uh, okay. The singer in Meat Rack and okay. a couple of guitar, uh, one of the guitar players, Boojack, I think, who I eventually replaced. Uh, him, so Emery Lee, the Meat Rack guys, just kind of did stuff. And their, their whole, I think it started with them with the, the Spider-Man idea. You know, so do you remember how that came, do you remember how that came about the idea of doing that of doing Spider-Man? 
I wasn't there. It was before me. Oh, so this was okay. So okay. Yeah, but when I came, it was I was the final piece, so we could yeah. finish, you know, start and finish it. Because I think, I think I think with that with, with that Spider Man stuff, it really needed the guitar to make it a bit different. It really needed that soundscape because I think if if it was if it didn't have the right guitar in it, it would in the background instrument. It would have been a little bit thin. It would have just sounded like, "Hey, we're just playing." But I think it would have been just like the original. Exactly. Because they did have guitars, just clean and twangy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You added like, I, I just remember, um, just like beef. Chunk, I added beef, chunk, chunk. chunk. Like it's just like, yeah. Oh now, yeah. I, now around this, so were you guys were playing shows before you recorded the album? Obviously, right? You guys did a few shows around town. Yeah. Playing the Spider-Man stuff because I remember I saw you play at it was either Aussies or the Zoo. I can't remember. Yeah, Aussies, I think, was the first gig I played with them. Okay, because I was at that show then, because I yeah. saw it, I saw it plastered. So just just to give you kind of perspective here, I I saw huge Spider Man fan, and the band I was in, we used to jam the Spider Man songs all the time. Nice. Like we used to play it all the time, and I, I'm a drummer and a vocalist, and uh, I play with another guy who kind of did both bass and, and and guitar, and we used to jam this all the time. And then we were just walking around Osborne Village, <laughs> we saw the poster. We're like, who the hell are these jabronis? like doing this i'm like this is gonna be our first thought this is some punk band calling it this they're not gonna do any of this shit they're just it's you know remember punk bands and there was a band called the shalongs there was a band called this you know like all the like the silliest names and we saw the amazing spider-man we both laughed this is gonna be a joke so we go to the show is that is that how we advertise that or because there was there was flyers around called the amazing spider band or a volume it was, I, I don't remember. I think it had both. I think okay. it had both. Because um, I don't remember any. Or maybe, or maybe the set was called our set, the Amazing Spider Band, or something. But um, I remember we went to this show and we're like ready to just because I, I was I was definitely an asshole back then. I was ready to just you know. Yeah, you were this. Oh yeah, me. yeah. And I was going to just heckle. And then you, <laughs> I, I remember seeing you walk up there and. I, I can't remember what song you played first, but to be honest, but it was, it was just one of those meaty, meaty, just it was down, with space. down, it down, probably was that. Down, yeah. Down. And I'm like, I looked, I looked at my buddy, Dan, I'm like, Oh, this shit's real. <laughs> <laughs> and we, Oh yeah. We it was real. The whole set and went, Holy fuck. This is the real thing, man. They're actually playing yeah. songs. that were like, this is, this is metal. We went for it, man. Yeah, and it was so it was so cool. Like everyone else was, I felt there was a, like a lot of punk bands at the time that were just kind of making noise and really weren't taking themselves seriously. And with what you guys were doing, I'm like, there's no way this is serious. But you guys, you guys look serious as shit on stage. So it was like, this is cool. Yeah. So oh, it yeah. blew me away. Like that was volume, man. Yeah. So anyway, so that's just my perspective. This is. This is the That's moment cool. that I got in as a fan. So what yeah. do you remember? About that, that seemed like it was yesterday, but it also seemed like it was 20 years ago. Yeah, well. So what was that like? I remember. Like? What was that like, that show? So that was if that was the first show, 
were you guys nervous going we're playing spider-man music are people going to take us seriously are they gonna no what was was the thought here's the thing we knew it was fucking killer like how do you not how do you not especially uh our you know people our age yeah it was a perfect timing because sure because there's kids now that have no idea right what the hell that is spider-man cartoon they're thinking whatever so and the music is, the movie, is timeless in the movie it was coming out too around oh, yeah. that time so i think i think yeah, we were resurgence for that cartoon and i think people were starting to go back to it realizing well, how, you know cool it was right well we had we had our eyes set on trying to get on that album you know sure but it's just not how it worked but uh we did we were close which, which i don't was, uh, i don't think chad kroger where that toronto trick uh that toronto trip will uh play into this one so do you think it should have been chad kroger on that first spider-man album from nickelback or should it have been volume it doesn't well, of course like but you know it's hollywood is a different beast like oh yeah it doesn't matter what we think yeah they no, have their no, own sure. feel and soundtracks anyways we're never really our thing, our thing was more of like a, yeah, like a, it was a different kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It probably like, wouldn't have been with that. It was, it was, I don't know. It, the, the movie was, a, a, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the movie and everything, but this was oh, serious. Fuck. What you guys are doing was like, yeah, like spot on. So, so take me, so, so let's kind of follow along here. We'll slow down a little bit. So what, <laughs> happens after that show like what is the band doing what's like promotionally speaking what's your thoughts like what are you what it's like okay what what are we going to do now like was there a plan like were you yeah oh yeah and what was that plan well that's where chris emery comes in because he was mr marketing genius right claude hoppers omg right uh so the whole idea was to contact Universal, or I think it was Sony, whoever was doing the movie at the time. Sony, I guess. Yeah, well, I think it was Universal Sony joint or something like that. Yeah, I think Universal was doing the distribution or one of those, yeah, something like that. (coughs) We got in touch with a guy named Ted Cito, who was with Sony, whatever. I can't remember. We're like, the best way to showcase this is that North by Northeast. So we went Uh and uh, we played this gig. It almost got I remember if it was going to get canceled. One of the gigs fizzled and they were scrambling to find us another venue. They, they eventually did. And, uh, and this Ted, was in Toronto, right? This is Toronto. Yeah. Right. You know, Ted was there. We met him and um, not much came of it. Not much came of it. <laughs> Typical. For, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not part of their, uh, structure or plan or whatever right right this, this this cute little thing these little metal punky guys are doing mm. it's a cute little thing to them but it's not part of their plan so i think that's you know just the way that is um yeah. and actually to, <clears throat> before that chris and bob actually went to la to meet with uh ray ellis ray ellis yeah and uh, so that was, you know, to get his, his blessings and stuff. And uh, it was just from a pure, P- that was something pure, else from a pure PR perspective. You guys like, 
that didn't need to be done, but from a PR sp- perspective, oh yeah, genius. Yeah, that is just pure genius. That's that's Chris Emery there. Yep. Like, you don't need yeah. to do that, but that, it tells a great story. Absolutely. And and I he he gave the blessing from from yeah. what, from what I heard and I read a <laughs> few. Well, basically, he's just like sure. Yeah. As long as <laughs> I get three percent. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever. Cool, cool stories about how, you know, he recorded his stuff in Germany. All, all that shit was recorded in Germany. Okay. With these, you know, you know, superb musicians, but it was a very different feel in Germany in the '60s. It was just. Oh yeah. He he kind of said it was it was just like everyone was like, it was dark. It was everything played was played dark, and it just fit perfectly with my ideas. Yeah. Because if it, it was in, uh, if you did it in LA, I think it would have been a, a happier, less psychedelic. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't think people would remember the music either. Like yeah. I, 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 to to this day, I can I can hear every single bit of music from the Spider Man show. It just it it sticks around. It it it's earworm. It's you know it, it's great stuff. Well, and I was reading that he was actually fired. From the Spider-Man show, his band was fired, but they were still using his music, like uh, for season two or season three or whatever the heck it was. Like, oh yeah, he had a tentative relationship with the studio, and I don't know if he was screwed out of royalties or or, or whatever. But, but I'm not surprised if that happened. Kind of a ruthless out there. I found, yeah, I found a few stories today. I, I'll, I'll send you some links later. But I, I found a place uh, on YouTube. They actually took all the music from the Spider-Man cartoon edited out as much of the voices as they could. And there's like an hour long soundtrack of all that stuff. But I also found another place where the original music that went into the Spider-Man show was happened before the Spider-Man show is there's some original tracks out there of Ray Ellis and his band playing it somewhere. I, I, I haven't listened to it. I literally just found it 10 minutes before uh, actually playing it at a gig or yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like pre Spider-Man show, like a whole orchestra. I don't think it's an orchestra. I think it's a band. Like, I, okay. I don't know, like a four or five piece. I, like, I, literally, I literally found it. So I'm, I'm still like, I didn't even get through any of it. That's so cool. I'll, I'll send it to you once I find it. But it sounds like what I read, like his band was kind of happening and they kind of get tagged for this. And I don't think they were Ray Ellis or any of the people he worked with were soundtrack guys. And it's just like, they just kind of did it and it just got used. And, yeah. and like, it, it's history now, like cool shit interesting i, I think yeah was, i don't know about that i think it was a bit of a maverick so it, it's cool that that's the music you guys are playing from a you know a maverick on his own right and that's what you guys were doing yeah, yeah. so well, i think everyone at that time were kind of they're oh, yeah. all out there doing their own thing man yep not a lot of rules which was awesome that that period of music especially in the city was just was phenomenal yeah man i was out all the time just Oh, another new band, another new band. Yeah. When I moved to Winnipeg, it was at like 9091. And mm. I, I didn't know anybody here. I was, yeah, I was, I was just a young punk. And I decided to walk what I thought was downtown. And I walked down the street that the spectrum is on, or you know. Yeah. And I heard Boy. music. And yeah, and I heard and I heard music <laughs> playing. And I just I didn't know where I was going. I followed the music, bought a ticket at the door, walked in. 
and that was the Blue Meanies. Yeah, the, man. My first, my first introduction to Winnipeg music. Perfect. Other than Burton Cummings on the fucking radio back home, was where were you? Where are we from again? New Brunswick. Oh, okay, cool. So the land of Anne Murray, which is not a I'm good thing. McNeil. <laughs> McNeil. But that was my first introduction to Winnipeg music. I'm like, this is Winnipeg music. Yeah, like, man. That's then, the way to do it. Oh my god, it blew my mind. Yeah, like I didn't Love know it. bands could be that good and be Canadian because from New Brunswick, all you're being force fed is this American stuff all the time. And here we oh are, god. like the meanies. Like there isn't any band that could touch them. Winnipeg is the greatest city, man, for music. Absolutely, I Absolutely. tell that to everybody here. Yeah, and they, they was, the greatest. They, what what do they what do they say when you say that though? Are people kind of like, oh. no, they know it. They know. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, they know. Everyone knows all about Winnipeg. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know what it is. Do we just? Well, I know what it is. What is it? What's the what's the eight name? months of the year? It's winter. <laughs> so whatever craft you're into, whether it's woodworking or guitar, you're gonna you're gonna hone in on that for eight months in your basement and be good at it. So, so that's going to do that has a lot to do with it. Sure. For sure, man. There's almost like a tone to the music here too. There's a, a, a vibe, a, a, a voice to, to all the music that comes out of here. It doesn't matter if it's rap or R and B or metal or punk or country, everything has that. There's that Manitoba voice to it. That's just, I just, I just love. I think it also has to do with uh, it being so blue collar. Yep. You know, sure. We got some struggles. Yeah. Like eight months of fucking winter <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, we're not the richest province, whatever that means. Yeah. It's just we're we're hardworking people. Yep. Honest people. And that comes so, right yeah. out of music, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Beanies is a good example. Oh yeah, no kidding. You know. Propagandy, they're fucking amazing, you know. Yep. Meet Rock, you know, so many bands. Scott Nolan, everyone. Like Everyone's Chris, great. So, um, so, so I see you guys play. So that, that first show, I, I think I saw you guys one more time after that. And I think somewhere around that time, it, and <laughs> I might be foggy, it could have been the alcohol at the time or whatever, but I, I seem to recall that I think you guys were doing some Spider-Man music, but there might've been a couple of originals in that set. Oh, there was a lot. It was probably half. Okay. Half and half. Yeah. It wasn't all Spider-Man stuff. So how did that stuff get work in? Was that, was that always what you, what the intention was or was there sort of, okay, we're doing the Spider-Man stuff for a bit and then we're going to go all original. Is it always meant to be? kind of? I think a, volume started as just guys making music the spider-man thing was just an idea okay and then it just kind of you know they crossed each other and we did a few gigs actually doing both some of the spider-man stuff and then there was a point where we stopped doing that but uh yeah we kind of rode that a bit for a year ish maybe you know combining the our stuff with the spider-man stuff so yeah that's what happened so how so the original song so it, I, I i i'm not sure who 
did the arrangements, but my suspicion is whoever came up with the original idea, I, I kind of feel that you were sort of the architect in for for, for the original songs and volume. I, I feel like there's soundscapes and stuff on there that wouldn't be there without you. Yeah. I really feel that it, the structure of the song and the ambiance of the song and the, the general just vibe of the song, that's something that you really brought to the table. Is that for a- sure. For sure. I don't think I would be considered an architect for that though. I think what I did was I, the bones of all, a lot of those songs were already there from Lee and Emery and Bob and even the, the meat rack guys, they, they wrote a bunch of stuff before that, which was awesome shit. Very orchestral, like very epic shit. Orchestral. Yeah. Volume volume is very epic all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we were fucking epic. And then when I joined the band, I, I added my own epic sh- shit to it. Yeah. Whatever that was. A lot of the like <clears throat> soundscapey things you're saying, that was kind of always something I had, you know, with me, even from the bunnies days. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a perfect storm of people, yeah, you know, yeah. of minds. Volume was just so wicked. Like they were so, you know, like, it was, it was epic all the time. Like uh-huh. not all the songs were di- the same. They had just the, the, like even the softs, you know, slow ones were yeah. just like there's the mood and the, the intensity. There, there's a lot intensity is a good word. Yeah. To the fast shit. It was just like we went for it every night. But there was and definitely we, like there was definitely a voice to it. So even though there was kind of almost an eclectic style, like you get a song like Wise, which is just like bump, bump, bump. Yeah. And then um, you know, drive you home, which is kind of kind of fun, yeah. you know, kind of melancholic. Yeah. But then you get the world and uh, yeah. bitter side, and they they could easily all be four different bands that did those four songs. That's but I mean. there is still a voice, yeah, that crosses everything. There's a, almost a story being told. I wrote a review for for that EP, which I don't know if you guys ever released it officially or not. But wow. Janine Gobey, who I, I knew. She said, hey, you got to listen to this band. So weird story. And this is like six degrees of Winnipeg, like totally. But I had seen the Amazing Spider Band and I only saw the one show. And I I either couldn't find you guys playing again or I I was working at the time. And I I just I didn't go see you guys again. I was trying to see you again. And I'm kind of thought, well, maybe that was a did that. They, you know, they're in other bands now. And I was back then there's no internet you can't find out where people went to right so um i was going to 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 the place that janine worked out of and we were talking music and then i'm like oh you know i'm a piano player i'm like i'm like you are so like where's your stuff like i want to hear it so um we were talking music and she goes oh yeah and my my boyfriend yeah he's in a band too i'm like oh yeah okay what band is he playing he plays a band called volume like what (laughs) No, no, that's that's impossible that that there's one degree of separation here like there's no way and then I think I might have met you you picked her up from work one day or I I can't quite remember and I'm like what work 
Where was this? Was she, this is on uh, where she worked at the chiropractic place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. What oh, uh, Boomier. Yeah. 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 So I would talk with her. We'd talk, you know, music. Cause I'm like, if I find someone who, who likes music, I'm right in there. Like, let's talk music, you know? And, and then yeah. I, I kind of heard some of her stuff. So I got a copy of her single, which I believe you played on. Yeah. Well, we, we recorded all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I still have it. I love that fucking song. Which one again? It's called Regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, I think we released like a four song or six song. Whatever. I can't remember. I need I it. Remember. I need it. I only have the one song. Oh yeah. If you have a it lot anywhere, of, man. I would and that was chill to hear. We it. recorded that shit in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. remember her telling me about that. That's the one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I have it. I'm I'm sure I have it somewhere. If you have it somewhere, or, like or I, she can get it. I've been trying to track her down. I don't even know where she is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I heard that and I'm like, this is Alfie? Like that the Alfie guy from and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. And then she said, Well, they have an EP. It's kind of like a teaser for a full-length album or something. I'm like, I I'm, here's money. Take, like, take my money. I like I want this. So she gave me a copy of it, which has since been stolen. Someone broke into my car and because I kept it in my car all the time. It was played like endlessly. And someone broke into my car and stole my original copy of the volume. Which one is this one? This is the four song volume EP. So it has well, one. With that, with that sunrise uh, yep. cloudy yep. cover? Okay, yep. yeah. I had the case, but the, well, the CD got stolen, but I did rip it. So I still have the songs and stuff. And Lee was, uh, was kind oh. enough to give me some additional songs that were intended for the final release. Mm -hmm. And um, the Forbidden album, I called it. Yeah. But the, the I, I finally heard like a lot of the other tracks and I don't know which ones were just Lee's stuff on his own and which ones were intended for the album, but I definitely recognized your guitar work on some of them. I'm like, well, that's, there's no, do you have else. a song? Do you have a song called sunshine? Yep. One of the greatest songs in the history yep. of the world. <laughs> so, so after I saw, I was so honored to be on that one. Oh man. It is so good. So um, when I get, when we got Lee on the show, he sent me all, he said, here's a whole bunch of stuff. We, we Dropbox it. He sent it to me and I was in like, I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm hearing this shit that didn't get released. Yeah. And then I found out about the planetarium show and there was uh, a video online and I watched that and I was, I, yeah, maybe the audio quality wasn't good, but be, you know, just the way it was recorded, but I could still hear like recorded it. It was just recorded the, off a phone or off a, at the planetarium. At the planetarium, yeah. Oh, I gotta see that. Oh, it's yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, is it? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I just shared it with. I barely uh, remember that show. And I'm like, hey, Alfie's singing backup here, and I'm like, fuck, you're the guy on the fucking recording singing backup, and I'm like, that, that kid can sing, man. And I'm like, yeah, just the harmonizing and stuff was like, fuck, that's amazing. So anyway, so I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of gave me an, another level. And I'm like, hey, I recognize that song. That's the song Lee sent me. That's the other song Lee sent me. So I was getting to hear beyond that four track EP. <clears throat> and I have yeah. all that stuff. I don't know if you have it or not, but I have it all. And um, I'm like, this album would have just. If this album would have dropped with all those songs, like Sunshine and all those other like, How could this fail? It is like the best thing in 
and in my opinion, there's the best album that ever came out of Winnipeg was, would have been that volume album. It's just that good. So like, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. Like, and I know and how I, exactly, <laughs> but, and here's the thing too, like <clears throat> our band used to cover uh, drive you home. We used no to way. drive you home. And that was actually my wife's and my wedding song. Holy crap. That's what we danced to. So I'm wow. like, man. So, but the album is good. And it's like the end of that EP with the last two songs that play on it, the world and, and bitter, bitter side. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to it and I wrote a review in some, I, I don't remember what, where it was, but it was some periodical in the city reviewing music. And I, I wrote a review <laughs> for the album. And what I said in that review was the song tells a story. And by the end, it feels, it feels like purple rain. Like this is yeah. that, you yeah. know, that level, just that whole way the album ends on those two songs. I'm like, we did purple rain, by the way. <laughs> did you really? Oh yeah. I never saw you guys do purple rain. That killer. Awesome. That's a great song. There's a show we did at the pyramid. It was, we had this light show with, we brought this, uh, professional light man who i used to know back in the day who was doing lights for his trans-siberian orchestra or whatever oh yeah oh wow okay and so we, we somehow found him and did this whole insane light show at the, the pyramid i have it somewhere i just that was a killer show what we did we did you record off the board them. or just like a no it was just like camera. a video camera yeah and purple rain was the last song but yeah wow we did it a few times but yeah well, it, funny. it fits it. funny that you said that. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so. So I, I, I don't I don't want to get into any dirt. I definitely don't want to get into any dirt because I get respect for, for all you guys. But so it just kind of fell apart. Just kind of typical band, you know, things that go on and the band just kind of split up. Yes. Was there an intent? To kind <laughs> of, <laughs> but was there intent to go forward? Because I know you guys managed to, to now. <clears throat> the Vanderveen and Lederhaus Matt, or, yeah, Matt Matt. or Budalowski. Yeah. Um, what was, cause I saw a show with, with Matt singing. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you guys are playing a show. So I went to see you and I'm like, this is a guy from Lederhaus singing. Yeah. Like I'm confused. Yeah. What was, I, I, again, I don't want any dirt, but can you kind of maybe tell the story yeah. of that without. So it, it kind of, it fizzled with Lee and we wanted to keep going. We all knew Matt. Sure. Um, and they're like, <clears throat> and he was interested because <clears throat> actually Matt uh, did some stuff with early volume flute or with Chris anyways. Oh, really? So he was always in the picture, I guess. Yeah. Lack of a better word. So at that time it was just like, yeah, sliders right in. We, you know, it took a different, uh, it was a, a different flavor since sure. yeah, since he started with them, since he started singing with us, and uh, we were really trying to go for a pop thing, like just trying to trying to make it whatever. Yeah, you know, really going for it, and it turned a little, um, I would say, poppy. But we had some killer songs in that one too. So was there new music? more epic was, songs? Was there was there so there was more music written with with Matthew then or yeah oh yeah I'll try and find some for you it was, yeah because uh, um, 
my my favorite singer in in, in out of Winnipeg is is Matt Budalowski. Like he's yeah. there's a volume. He got some pipes. Oh, he's he's great. Uh, every every band that he's put together, like there's Vanderveen, there's the the Blackout City Kids. Like every yeah. one of them is like, <laughs> God damn it, stop it's being so pair- talented. Matt and I had some parallel shit going on for the last little while, last 10 years. He, when I moved to here, when I moved here, he took over the place I lived in, which was next door to Bob's, which Bob owned, right? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And then uh, he, um, so I moved here. I had a kid. Yep. He had a kid with a, the Filipino girl, so it was just like us, but backwards. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, my girl, my girl's, she's a she's a newfie actually, close to your world. Are you serious? Oh, cool. But uh, yeah. So yeah, they had a kid, and it was just like it was funny. And Matt and I just kind of kept in touch a bit. Yeah, he's doing stuff with his. Kid. He's doing stuff with his kid on YouTube now, or him and his kid. I are- saw some crazy shit. Like that kid's a genius, man. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Like my boy plays some guitar and drums and stuff, but that guy. I know I've listened. Well, to he's him. a year older than Sonny, but yeah. okay, he's like scary, scary good. Yeah, it's Duke. Cool. I like that he's doing that. He he found a way to to keep his toe in the music by doing that thing with his kid. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of the right thing to do. Like, well, okay, we'll make it work. Like, you got a kid, yeah, so make it work, and that's what yeah. he's doing. I'm doing the same thing with my kids. I've kind of taking a step back from doing music um when this when my second daughter was born i had my kids later um and hey, sitting here yeah <laughs> so my my daughter <clears throat> taking piano lessons now and um both daughters are writing music at five and seven and i'm like wow i'm like i gotta step up my game man <laughs> like if they're doing this at five and seven Wow, I got to really step up my game, but that's their music teacher they have, which I wanted to make sure it wasn't me doing the teaching. I wanted them to get like a third, you know, an outside learning of music, and then they can come play with me. So, um, and then I bought this. I don't know if you can see over here. I bought the yeah. uh, an electronic kit because I would yeah. bash, I would bash on the drums when uh, they're taking naps and stuff and it's kind of a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling, man. But, um, but they're, they're playing that and that kid's kind of like, it's really quickly and easily adjustable so they can play on there like fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're bashing on the drums and they're playing piano and um, the, that's great. Their music teacher teaches uh, guitar as well. So just going to see what they want to do and let them do whatever they want to do. Yeah. I'm not going to hold them back. That's for sure. Same with my boy. You know, he's, he's got it in him. Like he's got it. It's in him. He's already claimed a couple of my guitars and that's a little kit there. Yep. Yep. But he, he doesn't even, he likes playing mine like the <laughs> regular size. Of course. And he likes playing my guitars. Like I can get you like quarter, three quarter size, whatever. He's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, I like this. Yeah. But that's, that's time with dad. That's yeah. time with dad. Like that's, yeah. It's the same thing with me. It's like, I'm going to, you know, in my, my brother, who's the co-host on the show, like he's a guitar player and, oh, you know, they, they've seen tons of videos of me and me and Todd on stage and, and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, Hey, you know, like, yeah, 
and um and <laughs> this may sound weird but like the lull the lullabies i sing to them i like i sing to them to i sing them to sleep at night and it's i'm i'm singing my original music to them and then just turn them into lullabies and i'm like yeah i might have to change the lyrics on that one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know it's like that connection with my kids is like yeah it's better than any feeling I ever had on stage. Not a lot of people have that, right? So you no. just got to just jump on that shit. Like I did, uh, let's say my boy, we wrote two songs. Basically, it's music I already had. And I yep. just had him say a bunch of words. Like what, for the first one, it was, uh, I think it was only two. And it was called Aha, uh-huh, Yeah. Yeah, and he would just say a bunch of things, and I'd you know piece them together. But the last one was uh, it's called Monster Truck. Yep, and I yeah, I heard a little Monster video yeah. for it. Yeah, I saw it on here. You sound you? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I've listened to it a few times. So yeah, yeah like that's, that's cool. As a dad, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. You know, like it's it's awesome. I know. It's like there's nothing as good as that. Like that's the coolest shit. I did a show with a guy here. Sometimes I play with this guy, local guy in Souk. There was a souk festival uh, maybe two months ago, and uh, it was the first time he actually saw me play. Like my boy. Oh wow! You know he saw videos and stuff, but this is live. And this is was, live. Yeah. He got he got the bug. Like the next day, he was jumping around. Like took my guitar. And I was like, Dad, Dad's you. <laughs> so it was awesome. That was just like, oh my god, oh, it's so good. I can't even imagine that would <clears throat> that would blow me away. Yeah. And then the, the the best part of that would be the other way around. You're in the audience and he's up there. The Dude, plan that's is, so freaking cool. The plan is I'm going to be his drummer or something. He's because yeah. he, he's really into it right now. Yep. But, you know, see how far he wants to take it. Yeah. He just has such a, he's so ambitious with a lot of things, you know? Yep. <clears throat> You know, it's just the way it is. I'm not going to push it, but I'm not going to not not hold not the other things. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it may be. I don't know. I like I like the music more than than you know hockey or anything like that. Like if they're yeah. into this, like go yeah. nuts, go nuts for sure. Go for it. Just yeah. go for it. Let's go for it. So you're still sporting the. I see you got a Jets hoodie on. So you're still supporting the Jets. I was going to say. <clears throat> well, first of all. I was wondering who that other guy was. So that was your brother? That's my like, brother, yeah. On Monday there? Yep, okay. Yep, yep. That's my bro. And uh, I was going to say, thanks for doing this uh, during um, between games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you watch hockey like Jets and all that shit? I, 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 not much. He's, <clears throat> yeah. he's, the big, uh, he's yeah. the big hockey fan. I'm the, yeah. uh, I'm the nerd. Like yeah. when, when I say there's a big game coming, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's the big game that's coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, hardcore yeah. Uh, wow. dragons and video. <clears throat> yeah, that's my thing. I get it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, funny. but they uh, my my brother and my mom during a Jets game, they're each at their individual homes and they're texting each other. See that goal? See that goal? <laughs> I know. And, like it's through the whole game, and it's like that's so cool. There's a guy. <clears throat> he's a uh, an assistant director <clears throat> from Winnipeg originally. Okay, and uh, he's done some shows here. Um, and, uh, the last show we did, uh, it was when, uh, shit. Yeah. During the playoffs, last year's playoffs, uh, we'd always, uh, text each other or whatever the scores and stuff. I'd be yeah. outside and he'd be on set, you know, directing and shit, but 
And he's like, somebody, somebody get Alpha Radio. I need, I need the score. I need the real time score. And they're like, Alf, you need a radio apparently. So I was like, okay. So we know a lot of people that way. Oh yeah. But I, I, I yeah, I, I fly this flag real high. Jets, bombers, yeah. So did you move away before they came back? When did you move to Victoria? Was no, that- no, no. They they were they just came back, and then about a year or two, I left. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. So you must have been stoked. Yeah, it was <laughs> insane. What just, like what's it's the still chance- It's still awesome, man. Like, yeah. What's the chances of that actually happening, though? Like, I remember we we were all getting our hopes up for years, like. Oh, maybe they can come back, and it's like this ain't ever gonna happen. Shit, like that I, happened. I did not yeah. see it coming. Yeah, I did not think it would ever happen. Yeah, small market. Good. Yep. But man, like the games, the games sell out all the time. They're still doing really well. I mean, like financially, yeah, like it, it's there. You know, maybe it wasn't there at the tail end when they're at the old shed, but well, yeah, it was a different. Everything was different back then, you know. Yeah. Business was different. Yeah. Money was different. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. So yeah. when's your plans uh, to take a visit back this way? I don't know. I don't know. Because I can't fly there. I'd have to drive. Yep. I, uh, I'm very busy <laughs> with work. I just We just had a new kid. I don't know if you know that. But oh, no, I didn't know. She's like four months old now. Oh, sweet. So... So we're busy with that. But now you have right your now. two. Now you have yes. two. That's right. Boy and a girl now. Perfect. That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, but I, I really would like to come at some point. Maybe next year. I don't know. It's been, uh, last time I was there was actually a Jets game. <laughs> uh, and it was a Jets game and my dad was having a quadruple bypass. So that was about three years ago, three, four years ago. And, uh, that's what this this uh, uh, towel is from. That's yep. what the towel is from. Yep, yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Jets. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's been a few years, but. Uh, and the zoo was still a building when I was there, oh, so. Oh, when that went down. Rest in peace. I've, I've got a. Uh, I'm, I'm still livid over that. Oh, my God, long. man. I was able to talk to. Uh, I was able to get uh, a jacket from Dave Green. Oh, yeah? One of those killer zoo oh, yeah. rock jackets oh, yeah. that looks yeah, like yeah. the Harley logo. Yep. Very happy about that, but still, there's no more zoo. But it's the way it goes. But yeah, the, the music scene here, or not the music scene so much, but like the, the venues here, like there's so many that just died out. Um, the yeah. Albert's been on life support. It yeah. went away and it came back and it kind of came back with a bang, but then... <laughs> The, the like we, we've had like when we were playing the scene oh god i don't know four years ago probably yeah because my second kid was just born and i was getting heat from the wife for like you're so you're out like playing at two in the morning and there's like a six month old at home like yeah what are you doing yeah so um <laughs> yeah that was hard <laughs> Yeah, I know. Get home at three or four, get up at six. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That's the life, man. Yeah, I kind of, I don't miss that part, like loading up the, you know, loading up the car and unloading the car and, 
Uh, I miss it all. You miss you miss that part too. Everything, everything. Yeah. It's so hard out here. There's there's not nothing out here for me. Like music wise, it's yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of the music scene on the island there. No. <laughs> I don't think it's a thriving thing. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, that's the one regret, I guess, if anything. But it's just, uh, you know, it's the way it is. At some point. So like, I have this little thing here. Sometimes when I got time, I'll track, track some stuff or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> but no actual. I tried something. Uh, I, I was in a bank hospital right before I left. And we tried to keep that going long distance, but it just never worked. So that was my last real kind of band. But uh, what, yeah. what kind of what style of music was that? That was pretty grindy, grindy, punky, spy, twangy, hard twang. It was a hard twang. Hard twang. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to categorize anything. Um, I do ever. Since you've been away, the uh, the music scene here in Winnipeg is is um, the, despite the venue problem. Like, there's been oh man, there's so many great bands that that, that keep coming. Yeah. up. I don't know if you listen to uh, Witch Police Radio at all. If you want to keep track, Witch, Witch Police, Witch Police Radio. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's a podcast from here. Uh, Sam Thompson runs the show, and uh, every week, or actually twice a week, he, it's only manitoba bands he's been running the show for nine years now he's doing two shows a week and it's always another manitoba band performer whatever really Um, yeah and it's if you want if you're craving that winnipeg sound Uh just go listen like you can just listen to it online and that's great and he's been running the show for nine years he's only had i think there's only like a small handful that have been on the show more than once. So that's a lot of Manitoba content he's had on that show for nine oh, years, weekly for nine years and twice a week, like for the last, I don't know, probably year or something. I've that's honestly really, been curious what it's, what it's like now. That's the best place to go. He brings the band on interviews them. And then he plays usually like three songs of, of theirs. Um, there's a band out of Winnipeg. There's uh, the, uh God, called um death cassette that they're that are fantastic i've heard of them um, uh god there's there's so much man the music here is so good right now like it really? feels like there's a renaissance again like it's just this is good news it's so it's, it's winnipeg man i'm not yeah, surprised it Fuck. never died like no. the music doesn't die here just it can't if there's no venues to play, well, then people are playing in their basements, croning, you know, honing their craft. Like it, That's it right. doesn't stop. When my brother and I, we had our, uh, our band Dome, when we were playing, uh, we ended up going in that Indie Week contest. I don't know if you heard about that thing. Is that they, they picked the best band in Winnipeg. And then they're doing that in every major city in Canada and in the States and in Europe and stuff. So everyone's doing their own individual Indie Weeks. And then they have Indie Week Canada, which is in Toronto. So they the winners of each city perform in there. And then there's a, the final ends up being in, I don't know, I think it was in, um, I'm trying to remember where it was now. It was in Europe somewhere, I think somewhere in the UK. And the, the, the winner of Canada goes there. The winner of the States goes there. The winner wow. of various countries and they go compete there. Uh, the year before we competed in it, uh, the band that won the whole shebang was from Winnipeg. 
like one was it uh, oh man yeah oh yeah uh, moon tan that's the band that won the uh the moon tan, okay oh my god you gotta listen to them just fucking next level the it's a three-piece they do cover some rush songs the okay. singer does an hour of warm-up before the show and then i think he does an hour or an hour hour and a half warm-up before the show vocally and then does a cool down after the show this guy's pipes are ridiculous and they're a three-piece progressive a bit kind of a bit kind of stonery 70s kind of stoner a little bit stonery a little bit psychedelic uh yeah so that i like it that band so that was the year before we competed in in the indie week so they won winnipeg they went to toronto they won the the one the canadian one and then they went and performed wherever it was somewhere in the uk i think it was and they took the whole freaking thing from winnipeg and the rumor the rumor is when um the band skid row was playing with guns and roses they were on a tour together sebastian bach the singer he had the moon tan cd and he was like hey axel you gotta listen to this shit and that was what they listened to on the tour so the rumor goes a fucking winnipeg band it's like what the hell when was this so this was was god five years ago six years ago and Guns N' Roses was still touring? Well, that's when Guns N' Roses was touring without Slash and everything. It was just the Axel, oh, Axel okay. Rocha, right? Right. And, cool. and Sebastian Bach would open for them. Sebastian Bach would open for them back then. And also... I saw that show. Did you? In Winnipeg. And like... um, Axel Rose was late. Like, they didn't get on to like 1 a.m. Yep. or something like that. Yep. But that was like eons ago that was i can't remember but at that time has been around longer than that though right so um okay and even even bubbles from the trailer park boys is opening for guns N' roses at one point yeah wow (laughs) so i don't know right but i don't know they're really good uh they did a show with the disraeli dreamers um and then uh god there's just so much shit that like that year that we competed in that thing i'm like the fact that we we're even competing in that thing and then like all the talent around us blew me away. And I'm like, why are we in this competition? Like <laughs> the bands in Winnipeg are so good. We did pretty good, but you know, we made it to the final, but the, the big winner that year was 1221. I don't know if you heard of, you've heard of them. They're a, a bunch of kids. Vaguely familiar. Three siblings. Uh, they're all Filipino and oh. they, they took the whole, the whole thing. These kids oh. were talented. Two twins and, and another sibling. Threesome. And they kind of did... From Winnipeg. Yeah. Power pop pump. Or um, power pop punk, I guess. Kind of green day-ish mm-hmm. style. And uh, oh boy, did the uh, the girls went crazy for them. It was like a boy band, but the band could actually play. Wow. And they were great. And they actually opened up for... Um, so that was the band that they won the year we were in. And um, they also opened for, um, oh, geez, I'm forgetting, uh, the singer for Journey, the the replacement singer for Journey. Oh, yeah. Um, they the actually, guy. Uh, Pineda, Pineda. <clears throat> they actually opened for him because he did some solo shows and he pulled 1221 to open for him. Wow. So it was like, that's, they're from Winnipeg. Like, that's so fucking cool. 
You got to check them I, out, man. I they, had no idea. Those kids are super talented. They, they, we knew the first time we saw them, like, yeah, they're winning this thing. <laughs> they're cute. They're cute as fuck. Young. Um, they all had nice hair. They had stage moves, you know, like they just, everything was just like this. This They is, nailed it. This is the package. And I'm like, this is just, it's, it's perfect. So they tied, they actually tied with a band called Gasati, who are actually really, really good too. They kind of do it like a roots folk thing, um, stand up bass player, and then uh, ukulele and a guitar. And that's they're they're great too. <laughs> but dude, like yeah, the music here is so good. Anyway, just go listen to Witch Police Radio and just okay. There's nine years of just great Manitoba music. Sweet. And then I sorry, you might long for home after that. <laughs> I always do. But anyway, it's getting late. I'm so glad we had a chance to actually talk in well in person. Same here, man. Sorry, I was. Thanks, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, and I'm sorry I was fanboying a bit, but I I feel like no, it's very uh, humbling. It I just feel like Volume is one of those bands that it, it kind of pissed me off that I felt like there's these bands that make it out of Winnipeg and other cities. And I'm like, and I I really feel like you guys had a shot, and it. I, I, I don't know. I don't. The meanies never made it. The media, the meanies made it, but they didn't really make it. Like they're kind of one of those bands, like they kind of blew up, did well, but there was almost like there's that Winnipeg stigma of, oh, well, they're from Winnipeg because I don't feel they got pushed. If they were from Toronto, they would have got pushed harder, I feel. And there's always that. It just bugs me. Well, I think what that is the when they recorded their album at you know some major label place with major label producers. Yep. Things changed. Yep. You know the the uh, the attack and the style of music kind of changed yeah. to it. And like I said, that's just that's the that's the uh, that's the format. That's the design. Let's make you sound more like this, but we have a sound, and that's why you signed us. I know. It's like, what are you doing? Because I know, like, I, I know. I, I have some inside sources with the with the meanies a bit, and I heard about the recording of, of some of their stuff, and a lot of it was like, because you know, like like Sky sang, and like there was, it wasn't just a vocalist; there was multiple vocalists, multiple different styles of blues and, and rock and and stuff like that, and like from what I had heard was that, okay, we can only have one singer. You guys are only allowed to have one singer. So you'll be the singer. And there was also stuff with, um, we're going to air all the photography of the singer because you're the front men of the band, you're the band. So it was just the way, the way they do it. It's like the singer is the only star of the band. The band is just there. Everything was focusing on Damon and they kept doing stuff like, to make him look slimmer all the time, like just the photography and just the angles they used. And there was just a lot of like, you need to, I don't know. I always felt like they're trying to clean them up. And I'm like, this is fucking David Mitchell, man. Like this guy's a fucking yeah. God. But that's what they do. So that's I, what, how they did it, but they got out of their record contract because they're like, fuck this. Like, this is not us. Much. you know and then they released an album independently is you know for their i think i guess their third release which is pretty damn good 
but it was kind of like Sloan too. Like, you know, when they, when they got out of David Geffen or whatever the hell they were with. That's right. They just didn't want any of that. It just wasn't yep. their thing. And it's like, they got pretty good. They got pretty famous and yep. shit from that, from all that stuff. But sure. it just wasn't their thing. That's, an, that that's an East all Coast the time. band, man. I'm surprised they actually made it anywhere. Yeah, it happens all the time. Creative differences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love Sloan. Overused I saw, word. I saw, um, I, I don't know if you, you were probably Winnipeg at the time, I guess. Do you remember they had that big concert at Portage in Maine? They closed off Portage in Maine. Um, and it was just a concert. So they had Sloan. The Meanies and Great Big C. That's who played. I would have been there, but I don't re- recall that. Oh man, that was so good. I think it was the Meanies. I know it was Sloan and Great Big C for sure. Great Big C. But, oh God. <laughs> Another <laughs> East Coast band. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that Celtic stuff. That's that's all we I like Celtic at. stuff. I mean, I'm I'm I married a newfie, so I know all about it. But <laughs> yeah, I guess that I didn't like that band. <laughs> a little too poppy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you. So, where can people find you if people want to hear any of your stuff? Like, where's what's the best place to go? My house. <laughs> Come That'll to right soup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything other than that. Uh, SoundCloud. What is it again? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's just stuff I just, you know, playing around with in my studio since yeah. I moved here. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple actually hospital songs on there. Um, oh, yeah. So that's the yeah. only thing. There's I think one. it's under Mr. Alf Catalina or something. Yeah, I can't Alf. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Alf. Mr. Alf. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, grain of salt, everyone, grain of salt. Right. Just me. Just lonely old me playing all the instruments with no one to no direction. <laughs> it's better, better than one direction, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but, that's uh, about it, though. You should get your stuff out there, though. Like, there's yeah, I'm trying. Lots of ways, lots of ways to do it. I mean, yeah. if you're not sure where to put stuff, like mm-hmm. reach out to me, man. Like I, yeah, I've done some a couple long distance things with this my old drummer from Buttermilk Five or whatever. Um, he lives in Montreal now. He did this. We did this long twenty-minute thing, and I just threw my guitars on his loops or whatever the hell it was. Cool. And uh, stuff like that. Little little bits of uh, long just long distance stuff like that. If you have anything, show throw me something. Yo, no, you I want have, me to play? Want I have me to a... play guitar on something? Oh yeah, I'd be honored to. Yeah. I um, there's a guy that wants me to put something on his. It's kind of like a nine inch nail type of thing but i just it's just just timing you know it's just yeah i just gotta find the two minutes you you gotta not be working for like more than two hours uh exactly yeah so yeah but yeah but feel free man i'd love to yeah i'm trying to i'm kind of at the stage now where the kids are kind of old enough where i feel like i can kind of do something again Mm -hmm. but yeah after the second was born you're going to find there's a bit of a transition period there with the second one where you kind of know what you're doing now. Cause you had one kid already. And then you're kind of like, okay, I think creatively, I think the, the creativity is going to just start oozing out like a, like a bad fungus or something where it's, you're not going to be able to hold it back and you're just, 
that's how it happens. Yep. You go for a little bit of a drought and then all of a sudden it's just, you can't catch it fast I've been, enough. I've been, now I'm at the stage where I can actually be creative again. Like I, I finished a book last year. I wrote a book last year. Oh, wow. And nice. uh, the podcast, the podcast is doing really well. Um, maintaining a schedule with two kids was really difficult, but I've got a groove now. Um, and with my brother on the show, like he's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. He's just great, man. He's uh, the last two weeks. I think he made me pee my pants twice from laughing so damn hard. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's hilarious. And we've managed to have some pretty good, uh, pretty good local artists on the show too, like uh, some nice. musicians and stuff. So uh, we're not an interview show, but you know, when something like this happens, I'm like, I, I, I'm going to do it right away. Awesome. Yeah, so, but anyway, I, this is great, man. Like, thanks for, thanks for your time. I really appreciate Thank you. it. If there's any way I can hear any of that shit, I really would, would die to hear it for sure. Uh, I'll throw money your way, whatever you want. But like, this is, I like what stuff, any kind of music, like anything, man, oh, anything yeah. like dirt beak or I'll, uh, I'll, or, I'll try and compile like, a bunch of shit and send it to you. Um, and I don't know if you have any of the, the volume stuff, but I can get you the, yeah, I have some, you don't have it. Cause I have everything. I got everything from Lee. So if you want shit, I've got it all. I don't yeah, even know Lee has it all. I'm sure I'm missing some things because I'm curious about a lot of songs that I haven't heard in a long time. So yeah. That'll sure. be awesome, man. Yeah, but we for can sure. it offline. But uh, yeah. everybody, thanks yeah. for tuning into the show. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>